ますか It is a tremendous honor and joy to be back again.、Um, new faces, that's always so good.、Uh, for those that have no idea who I am,、um, through the years,、um, well, I came in 94. And so、uh, ministering and helping out with churches in, mostly in the valley, in the Salt Lake area. And so with that, I've been able to. Uh, help out in different places as far as ministry. In 95, became a youth pastor in Sandy, and for five years was there helping with one of the churches. And then in 2000, so it's been 20 years now as we're celebrating, that we launched out to do our own ministry. And it was a ministry that we wanted to focus and target on those that were at risk, high risk in the inner city areas. And our first targeted area group of people were targeting the immigrant refugees that were coming in so many 20 years ago. It was a brand new scenario for Utah to take in refugees. It was all around the, the US, all the major cities, because、um, some things had passed in Congress to allow many to come in and welcoming them. And you know, again, doing everything properly and paperwork and all that. And these folks were coming in. But there was a lot of need, there was a lot of issues going on. As far as their ability to assimilate, their ability to transition to coming from worlds that、uh, they came from that were totally different from the US. And so to come and especially coming to Utah, where if they came from warm weather, the next thing you know, they're, they're in the snow. I remember one、uh, group from Bosnia, as they came, they literally came with a little baggie. And it had that toiletry baggie, you know, with toothbrush and so on inside that bag. And they had no winter clothing and they got dropped off by one of the agencies. And they did their best to give them some clothes, but they literally just had what they had on. And it, they did get them an apartment, but there was no furniture. And it was a nonprofit organization called International Rescue Committee. And that was. Where they placed them at was directly behind one of our churches and our ministries in Salt Lake. As we got to know this family and hear their stories, it came to the place that we realized there w a s over 117 different languages coming out of the neighborhood. Refugees were coming from all over the world, but not just refugees, people just migrating, coming, just wanting to come to the US and wanting to be a part of what's going on here. But our focus wasn't to try to put anybody in any category. Our focus was to see well, what are their needs? What, are, what is it that they're hurting? What is the issues that they're dealing with? And so we targeted in five areas. Again, this is the missionary part of just giving you an update of where we're at. We focus on five things. And those five things is according to what Jesus spoke about in Matthew 25, verses 31 through 41. For those that were with me last year, I shared this then and been sharing it every time I come so because there's new people. The focus is Jesus has a dialogue with the disciples and he says to them, When I was hungry, you fed me. When I was thirsty, you gave me to drink. He says, When I was naked, you clothed me. And when I was a stranger, you welcomed me. He said, When I was sick, you took care of me. And when I was in prison, you visited me. The disciples were confused. They had no idea. And they asked him even, They said, When were you, when were you ever hungry or a stranger? When have you ever done any of these things? And he basically summed it up and said, Whatever you do to the least of my brethren, you do unto me. Basically saying, Whatever you do to those that are the lowest in the, the circle you live in, 
you know what I'm talking about. There's a there's a poverty level. There's the rich rich and there's the poor poor. In some places we refer to it as there's white collar, blue collar, no collar, right? We we go first class. We call it business class. Then there's coach and then there's luggage. You know what I mean? Where you know what I mean? Just whatever you want to pay for. You know it just depends on where you're at. Yeah, yeah, it really, there's that side of the tracks or this side of the tracks. There's that side of the freeway or this side of the, oh, you're from that side of town or this side. We, in our minds, we all know that there is a, a top tier and a low tier. It just happens to be that way. And it said that it is, but it is. And Jesus said, however you treat those that are at the bottom, that's how you treat me. And so we basically put our whole ministry that we call Synergy in Action Network. Now, a lot of people also know us as the Utah Dream Center, and I'll explain that in just a moment. But Synergy in Action Network, the focus of what we do is trying to see how we can help in these five ways. So what do we do? We help in food distribution. We help in clothing distribution. Where it's, those are simple. We can understand those two. But where it said, when I was a stranger, you welcomed me, that one we put in the category for adult intervention, meaning for adults that have come to a point where they said, hey, we need a little extra help. We need some help in something. And we're, maybe we'll help them with their taxes. Maybe we'll help them with issues of addiction. Maybe we're helping them gr through the grieving process of a lost one or a divorce situation. Whatever it is that we could do, maybe helping them with their finances, through Financial Peace University. However we can help an adult just make it to the next phase of their life, we're trying to see what we can do to partner with churches to see that happen. And then it said, when I was sick, you took care of me. So we developed a mobile medical unit. We have medical, dental, optical, and behavioral health. Last year, I was excited when I came to you and said, hey, we just got on uh, telehealth. So all the people, and it's all for free, all the people that we work with and serve in our communities through our doctors, and all these doctors are from the hospital, from IHC, all these doctors, we're able now, for those that have no money, are able to get on telehealth and have a doctor that they can dial in right in on emergencies. That was our hope. So we have two medical trucks now, an optical truck, and we're having this ability to go into the places and where the people are hurting. But then the last one was, Jesus said, when I was in jail, you visited me. When I was in prison, you visited me. I didn't, I didn't want to start another prison ministry because we have great prison ministries already, jail ministries. But what I wanted to focus on was this concept. It's a little twisted. See, my mind's a little twisted. You know, but I, I thought of it this way. How many times have we ever said about a particular neighborhood or an apartment complex? How many times have we ever said anything about maybe a bad neighborhood or that bad house? And we said, someone better go help those kids before they end up dead or in jail. You ever said that? Ever heard that? Someone better do something. Those kids are going to end up dead or in jail. Well, if we've already got them in jail at this age, can we do something to visit them before they go to jail? So we started kids program under that category. But more prevention after-school programs for kids, through art, through sport, through helping them with their homework, and so on. So throughout the years, this is what we've been doing. But the highlight that I want to share with you, and I'll get into the message here in just a moment, an update as far as our ministry. Because of all that's happened with COVID, and you stated it, it's been a tough year. Um, in November, through our ministry of distributing food, boxes of food to families, whether they came up and walked up and we handed it to them, or now as many see that they drive through, we put it in their trunk and they move on. We were averaging, before COVID even hit, we were averaging about 
500 families a week. Okay, and we were like, wow, we hit the 500 mark. And, and we had about five or six churches through our network. And we would help families as they were in need and establish points of distribution through our churches. The goal eventually was to hit from Brigham City all the way to Provo, the whole Wasatch Front. But at that moment, we were basically in the Salt Lake area and just working to see what we can do. But when COVID came, um, it blew us all away obviously in so many ways. But for us, as far as ministry and trying to provide a need to help those in need, how many more now families were in need that lost their jobs, that were hurting, scraping, trying to get food just on the table? And so we definitely said, God, please use us, help us to be ready to take on this challenge. And God was so faithful. Remember last year, for those of you who remember, I said, please help me pray for a truck. I need a truck. I need a refrigerated truck. Because back then, you remember that? I said, back then, I had a minivan. And I could maybe put one pallet of food in the minivan, and I'm, you know, go buzz it back, come back. Go buzz it and come back. And then a partner, a friend of mine, says, hey, I got a minivan. So now we're, two vans going out. You know, we're just going different places trying to deliver food. And then someone says, hey, I've got a van. It was a 12-passenger cargo van. I could do two pallets in that and a minivan. You know, and so now we're going all over. Then someone said, and by the time I came to you, I was rejoicing because someone gave us a trailer, 16-foot trailer we could haul with that van. So I could take two pallets of food plus four pallets on that trailer. So now I'm, you know, not, you know, I'm going big. <laughs> I'm going big delivering food to different places now, and this thing's now starting to grow. Well, this is where we're at now. Back then, last year this time, we had five to six churches that we were using and working with in distribution. Now there's over 30. Now we're serving over 10,000 families a month, and it's growing. We got more and more churches. And just to let you know, we've been working with New Life over here and helping bring food to help them. So much food has been coming in because of the system that we set up, and it's growing even more. We have 10 trucks now. Many, uh, three of them are refrigerated. We have refrigerated containers, forklifts now. This thing is just, and still no building. The goal for this year is to get a building like a distribution center as the food comes in, process it, get it out to all the places. So I say thank you because you support missions. I'm one of your missionaries. Thank you for your giving and helping. You see the difference again between mission work and helping someone directly in need. When someone comes to the door of the churches, and they do all the time, the church has what's known as benevolence. And they help that family directly. But when you're able to, as a church, to give money to a missionary, that also, again, you need the balance of the two. Because the missionary is going places the church directly here isn't going. So as we're able to, and those around the countries, and those that are in different places, when you give to missions, it's because you're giving to the cause, not just to direct need, but to the ability to help beyond your reach. And so now we're in the place where we're in Brigham City and in Provo with the trucks stationed everywhere, now coming into Twella, and now into Heber. And so we are up and down this whole thing, working together to see what we can do to see this thing take off even further. I'm not sure what 2021 is really going to happen 
I, I love the idea, let's be now proactive instead of reactive. This year was a total reaction for all of us. I think it still is in some places because you hear more laws and more things and more, th you know, things have to be said and we react to it and we, you know, sometimes it's not nice what we say up here, <laughs> you know. Okay, we're, we're Christians now. We don't say it here. We say it up here still and, you know, God still has to deal with us on that. Okay, we're, we're talking truth now, guys. Come on. We're talking truth. You know, hey, we got to still purify that mind up here because sometimes it goes places it shouldn't go. Oh, we're, 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 we're strong in the Lord that we don't say it here anymore, but we still got it up here. And that's something that we still have to say, God, help me. Because to be proactive in what God is doing, my friend, you have to be pure-minded, pure-hearted. Not with malice and not with hate, but with the love of God. To be proactive for the things of God is clearly the idea. Listen to this. How do I get back at the devil for what he did? Now you said it's offensive time. Meaning, like if you were looking at football, we got the ball now. We know where we're going and we're going to go for it. Listen to me on this. How can you just kick the enemy in the rear? By leading more to Christ. What is it that the enemy doesn't want? He doesn't want people to know Jesus. He doesn't want people to know God. It's awesome that you could stay strong and be strong. And that'll have its strength in itself. But if you really want to be, that, that's kind of the idea of um, standing firm, as the scripture says. But to be proactive, to go ye therefore into the highways and the byways, that means that we're purposely trying to reach people for Jesus. Maybe in the past we didn't. Maybe in the past, well, they know I'm a Christian. Maybe in the past it was about just the idea that, well, they, they know I wear a cross or they know I go to church or they know I have a position in the church or they know this. But now it's the ability for us to speak those words of truth and life and be able to share to those that are in need. Proactive, being positive, being direct, and being focused. That word direct, that's something that I wanted to talk about. Because I'm going to go now to where we talked about last year kind of recapping that for those of you that were here last year you remember that i spoke and said something in reference to peripheral vision i'm you may not remember because i just said that but follow me on this i talked about the idea that we have no idea what 2020 is going to be we said 2020 it's the year of focus because he said oh 2020 vision we're going to focus in and man, I'm telling you, 2020 vision was clearly that. Things were unfolded, focused in, that we had never seen before. Things that have been hidden in the dark all many, many years were kind of re being revealed now. Things are coming out like never before. Through government, through life, through family, through issues, things are being unraveled. So it was clearly a time of focus by seeing clearly what we never really saw before. Or maybe what we didn't care to see before. Or maybe that was kind of foggy, so we kept on walking by. It wasn't clear. But now, there's many, my brother, that are taking the same focus and saying, look, not, not this year. I feel like this year, many are saying it was like it was robbed of us. And yet here, I shared and sat with my family. I haven't even started preaching. This is just me talking here, guys. <laughs> I sat at Christmas time with my family, and I said to them, please forgive me, my kids, my, 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 my son-in-law, my daughter-in-law, my grandson, and I, I said, guys, forgive me. 
if there was anything this year that I may have done to offend you. Because this year has been hard. Just a few days back, now I know for some it's no big deal, but for us it was a big deal. Our dog passed. But we had him 14 years, a little Yorkie. He, 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 he served his time, you know, but it was, he was such that dog for us that my wife especially, oh, she took it so hard. And he, we knew he needed to go. But in the midst of just a few days back, right before Christmas and all this happens, and we were all dealing with emotion, and I said to them, to all my kids, I said, we've, we had a rough time this year. But then I went back immediately. But we had a wedding. My daughter got married. The most beautiful fairy tale type wedding in Oregon, a beautiful setting. It was, it was weird. I mean, and with Oregon being strict the way they are, more so than Utah, we didn't even think it was going to happen. And look how God worked that the Lord, the city of Eugene, Oregon, opened up for one week saying we got clear. We were able to do the wedding. It was the, we the week of the wedding. We did the wedding. We were able to have over 200 people there. The next day they closed it. And we were like, wow. And we said, I told my daughter, Gianna, just for you, just for you, God says, okay, and opened it up. Now, maybe not be the case, but, you know, in my eyes, I was trying to comfort my daughter and saying, God did this for you, Mija. God did this for you that you didn't even think we were going to be able to do a wedding with people coming. But this opened up travel and everything happened. So we had a beautiful wedding. My son, many of you know my son. I've shared with him. He visited with me before. My son, Isaiah that my son Isaiah, who battled brain cancer and was told he was going to die, neuroblastoma grade four, for eight years battled brain cancer and was told that he would never be able to really accomplish too much because of the challenges he would have with the radiation and the treatments and all that he went through. He graduated college. He graduated from a Bible college, and his last semester was a 4.0. Now, it wasn't the graduation he wanted, it was a lot smaller and a lot different from what he was hoping to, the whole thing, but we still had it. We went after victory after victory as we started counting, even through all that's been going through. And I love the song that we just sang, through it all, my eyes are on you, through it all. It's just the idea of understanding and knowing that in those tough times that we're dealing with, that the Lord himself will be guiding us through this thing. He's not left us nor forsaken us. He's not abandoned us. You see, this is the message, other than giving food, that I have to share with people in the community because many people don't know anything about God or Jesus whatsoever. To see how can we help them understand this hope that we have within ourselves. Can we go to Psalms 40, verses 1 and 2? Can we just read that? I just wanted to, it says, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit and out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. As you look at this, I want you to see right there where it says, he lifted me out of the slimy pit. What, what pit are we talking about? And here, there's only one pit that pit that the devil's going to be thrown into his prison. And here, the psalmist is writing and saying, you took me out of that. You see, prior to having God in each one of our lives, we were destined to the same 
eternity that the devil has. But because Christ has taken us out of the hands of the enemy, literally, we are no longer destined to a slimy pit. We're no longer destined to a place. It says here, he lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire, and set my feet on a rock. Who's that rock? You know that, right? You've heard that. He's my firm foundation and gave me a firm place to stand. To understand something that where I was down in the ground. I, I think the best picture I ever seen in my life describing Jesus. And it's, it's right here the whole time. The best picture I've ever seen. It wasn't him on the cross. It wasn't him in heaven and big glow around him with butterflies and birds, you know, flying around. No, no, this is the best picture I've ever seen of Jesus. It, it was a big pit, and it was a line of people, and all each one of them holding on to each other, trying to, like, help pull, like if someone was stuck and they were pulling them out. And the one that's leaning over into the pit was literally down, and you saw in the painting he was all dirty. He was dirty because he's in the pit, half of them, dirty. And then the other one holding on to his legs, and the other one holding on and holding and as he got to the end, it, it, it showed a, a person holding on to the belt loop on the phone. You know, still holding on, but still, you know, not the intensity of the one that's in the mud in there. That, I said, this is a picture of Jesus. Well, where's Jesus? Jesus is in the pit pushing that individual out. Dirty. The face, you know it's Jesus, you know, in the picture. Dirty muddy slimy and he's in there like you got him and the others are pulling up that's probably the best picture that i've ever had of jesus that literally he isn't the idea that he's just taking me out he's literally in there pushing me out and trying to do everything he can but he's in there with me he's in there in those tough times when i feel that nobody's with me he's with me and this year has been kind of a lot of pit and muck and mire scenarios that each one of us have all probably have gone through. And I'm sorry for anyone here that maybe you've lost a loved one or a friend or a family member, much less a dog. But it hurts. And whether it really was COVID or not COVID or this or that isn't the issue. Loss is loss. And it hurts. Financially, the setbacks, when we had big dreams about things and things aren't there no more. To know and to understand that I waited patiently for the Lord and he turned to me and heard my cry. My friend, he heard your cry. The Bible talks about in the time of the people of Israel in Egypt, with all the hardships they were going through because of Pharaoh and his restrictions and the the government coming on and the loss of their babies, what they were doing, it came to the point that the Bible says, I heard their cry. The Bible is very clear to say, those that call upon the name of the Lord, other versions refer to those that cry out in the name of the Lord shall be saved. That when you and I are sincere about where we're going, now what does that mean where we're going? This is where I want to take you back to last year. For those of you who remember, I'm going to put this down. Hopefully, you could, it'll still pick up. For those of you that remember, last year, I said, this is the year of 2020 of focus. And what does that mean? I gave this illustration. I said, I'm looking to the center. Let's say the center light right here. 
And that center light up on top, that's Jesus. And remember this, I put my hands out like this. And I said, if I put my hands behind here, I can't see my fingers at all. Right about right here. I know some of you got bad eyes and they're about right here. But you know, right, <laughs> but right now I'm being honest, right here, I, I could see my fingers wiggling. So that means if I stay focused on that light, let's say that light is Jesus. I stay focused on that light. That means everything here, again, I see my hands moving, and I see you, I see you over there, I see you over there, but I'm not focused on you, I'm not focused on you, but I'm seeing, I'm focused on this light, I'm focused on Jesus, but you're in my peripheral. That word's a big word, peripheral. What does that mean, peripheral? That means it's something that you literally are going to be going through because you see it, it's in front of you, as you walk through life, you're going to see it. But think about this concept. And I said this last year. We have no idea what 2020 is going to be. But if we stay focused on Jesus, no matter what the peripheral, no matter what goes on in this world, good or bad, it's going to be okay because he's still with me. But, listen, my friends, I prayed about what I was going to share. Pastor Rich gave me full freedom. Pastor Forrest gave me full freedom. To say, Alfred, preach whatever God puts on your heart. I said, I think I know where I got to get back to. The same message. At Christmas, before we open up all our gifts, we always read Luke chapter 2. The story of Jesus being born. Why do you repeat it over and over and over again? Because I need to hear it over and over and over again. And I said, I've got to repeat something that I said last year. Because it hasn't changed. What, is, what hasn't changed? This thought that I'm sharing with you right now. If I were to take my eyes off of Jesus and let's say put it to this window over here, look at what happens to my peripheral. Remember, my peripheral is everything here. You're in my peripheral. You're part of my life. But my focus is on Jesus. But if I take my focus off of Jesus and I now move, and now my peripheral is over here at this window, notice what this hand did. It went back to the way things were. Notice what this hand did. It took away what possibly could be great things in God. Now I'm over here, going and kind of backsliding a little bit and taking away God's blessing over here because my focus isn't on Jesus. But guess what? Jesus is in my peripheral and I justify my actions. Oh, 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 no, no, no. I see Jesus. He's still there. Oh, I still believe he's still there. But what happens in life is that we do this. Jesus you're everything. I love you. And the smallest little thing takes me off. And if I don't repent, if I don't give my life back to God, what do you mean? I'm in God. I'm in God. No, no. I'm saying get my life back focused on him. Then this is what's going to happen. I justify that he's in my peripheral. And then this is what happens. Now I'm going to look to this screen here. I see the reason of Jesus being here because that light is on to say he's the light of the world he's the light I, I don't see him directly but I, I'm in, now I'm involved in the reaction what's bouncing off everybody else but he's not in my life but I see and I'm around other people that are and I justify that I'm still around I still see the light not directly but it's still around me and the next thing you know I cast a shadow there's my shadow. I cast a shadow. My, I'm focusing on me now. 
My job should be one of those with those big spotlights. You ever see those in the sky where you see that and you always wonder, wonder what's going on because you see those lights in the sky and the clouds? My job should be the one. This is about, see, we're not calling Batman here, okay? We're calling, all right, we're calling Jesus here. Look at this and show the light of Jesus, show the light of Jesus. But what happens is that we get fascinated by that light and we start looking at it. light's on me. The light's clearly about me and all about me. Where's Jesus? Oh, he's still there. And we justify. This year, sad to say, from family members to friends that are no longer serving God. My friends, I don't know if you understand how many churches have closed this year. Because they gave up and they quit. And the pastors that have retired prematurely. Now, I understand pastors need to retire like anybody and take it easy when they come to retirement age. But when you're retiring at 40 and just saying, I'm done. I'm done. I'm going to get me a job. I'm going to do this. It wasn't by any means at all that they needed money. It was the idea that they're just so done. And they quit. And they give up. Alfred, I thought you were supposed to come and encourage us. I am. Let's go to the next verse or Hebrews. My friends, how? How do we stay? Oh, God, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. The idea that they're giving Jesus an example of staying focused. There was one moment that we read in Scripture that Jesus said, please, God, don't let me go through this. That was in the Garden of Gethsemane. Please take this for me. I don't want to go through this. But he quickly fixed his eyes back on the cause. But not my will, your will be done. Because it's going to be so easy. I'm, I dramatically said it was like here to making a big choice here. It doesn't happen like that. Look at my eyes. Keep an eye on my eyes. I didn't move at all. My peripheral is still the same, but where'd my eyes go? Everywhere else. That's how easy it starts. It's one little thing, one tiny little. You see that? Oh, no. I'll see faster. I'll slow it down. Okay. Do you understand? It's, it's one small little hair off the focus. Just I'm not looking dead center or focus. I'm looking at the edge of that canister now. I'm looking right. And then next thing you know, it's over here. Next thing you know, it's over here. It's over here. It's over here. It's fixing. Why did it use the term here in the NIV, fixing your eyes? Why do you have to fix it? Why? Because it's broken. My ability to stay locked in is not there. And so, therefore, it is a push and a force and a perseverance and a continuing and it's enduring. It's a moment of like, I'm not going to quit. 
I'm not going to give up. I'm not talking about making resolutions for this new year. I won't quit this time losing weight. No, I'm talking about focusing on Jesus and not giving up. Now, will my eyes go like this and my kiss be like, yes, because I'm human. And it talks about don't let those sins that entangle you and snare you and pull you in. A snare. Are you familiar? Has anybody ever been snared before? I'm not talking about chained. I'm not talking about lassoed. I'm talking about you're walking and the next thing you know, you, you got something, a little snag, a little tiny hook, just something. It could be a bush, right? Has anybody gone fishing and you caught yourself more than you caught anything, <laughs> right? You're, you know, and you got snagged. You're, you're, you're stuck trying to pull something out. It's just, but, and it's that little weed. You're just trying to pull something. That little weed has got you, that little tiny thing. It's got you. It's those little tiny things that are going to keep us, our eyes off of him. Alfred, you're just repeating last year's message. I am. Because we got to hear it again. Why? Because this is a new year. I heard someone say, you got to watch out for 2021 because now it's an adult. It's 21. And it may even have the authority and right to go and do things that it couldn't do. What is a 21? I'm 21. I can do this now. All right. The world wants to fear us by throwing it out, saying there's a new strand. There's a new thing. And maybe so. You know, I had to quarantine. I was around someone. And they said, you got to shut down. Okay. So with my work, I just explained what I do. I literally was ground control calling and talking from my home, working from home. But two weeks dealing with this, I basically had to say to myself, I got no time for this. It's not that I have to adjust to COVID. COVID has to adjust to me now. I got to keep going forward at whatever level. Now I respectfully stay home. Okay, I get it. I respectfully wear masks. I do. I left mine in the car, so I asked when I got to the door, hey, and I see that some of you have them, praise God, and some of you don't. Praise God. How you guys are working all this out. I wash my hands. Praise God. My mom would say, praise God. Wash your hands. <laughs> I wash my hands. I try to keep the distance. I'm trying to do what I can. Respectfully, I cannot go into any of these stores that I collect food without wearing a mask. I have to. I'm not fighting that. But I'm fighting the, the spirit that says, of fear that I have to be submissive to fear. No, that's where I believe this year's different. Because now we're not going to get sideswiped and thinking, whoa, what happened? Now we know what we're dealing with, but not allowing fear to come in. As long as I stay focused on him. Guys, my time is up. I, I know I would say I talk so much, you know, and that it feels like uh, all that I share was probably just my opening prayer right now, you know, and so... Now we're going to get started three hours later, all right? <laughs> you know, could you stand with me? Can I ask our worship team to come back up? That song, or just the, okay, however, the, the, through it all, my eyes are on you. What I would love, if you could, as you're standing here, uh, what I'm going to do, guys, as she's singing, and we're going to make this the altar call by way of where you're at. 
and I'm just going to go sit down. And then I, whatever, how you guys are closing, whoever, how that is, okay? Because I'm not one to say, oh, high and mighty up here. Oh, you know, I, I'm going <laughs> to pray for you. No, I need to be here singing this song for me. I love it when our pastors and our deacons are able to lay hands and pray for the sick and, and, and anoint us and go on. But today, my friend, I thank Pastor Forrest as I was driving up here saying, thank you for letting me come and share. I love him and Allison so much. And I'm proud of them. I'm proud of all you guys to see what God is doing, that you didn't close, you didn't run in fear, but you're here. And as well as New Life and all the other wonderful churches, Calvary Chapel and all the beautiful churches in our community here, this is one of the most beautiful valleys of all Utah. And you know it's growing. There's so many people finding out about this hidden secret of this valley. And there's so many people wanting to move in now. I know you may not like it. But it's going to happen. How do we kick the enemy in the teeth? Go win some of those new people that are coming. And how about some of the old ones that have been here forever? And let them go. Let this new year be a year of us continuing to focus on him. And maybe we could start with singing this song again. Even if it is just those words, through it all, my eyes will be on you. After she's done all, whoever wants to close, okay? God, I just pray that you help us in Jesus' name. Thank you. Father, thank you so much for being in this house today, being with us. Please go with us as we leave this place. That we will keep our focus upon you, Lord. It is easy to get distracted, but you are the light. Lord, we thank you. We praise you. And we just stand in awe. 
In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you all so much for being here. Thank you, Pastor Alfred, for being here today and bringing us a, a wonderful message that we, we, know we have to be reminded time and time again. So thank you all so much. You have a wonderful week, and we'll see you all next week.